0: Remember, heart, Blood sweat and tears But I'm still here Nothing can stop me Run it up, run it up, whoa, run it up yeah, Run it up, whoa, run it up whoa. Nothing can stop me Run it up, yeah, run it up, whoa, run it up yeah, Run it up, whoa. run it up Nothing can stop me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Growth Show. For those of you who are new, and for those of you who don't recognize my voice, and for those of you who are half listening, I'm your host, Jeff Winters. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer of Abstract Marketing Group. And today, friends, today we have a true luminary, a true expert, a true, dare I say, genius in the field of filling your sales pipeline. You will get more meetings if you listen to this episode. Lots more. His name is David Delaney. Um, I'm super excited to have him here. David is the founder and CEO of TenBound, a research and advisory firm focused and dedicated to B2B SaaS, go-to-market sales development, performance improvement. That's a lot of words. Let me tell you what this guy's gonna talk to you about. He's gonna talk to you about how to get more sales through the most important activity you can do to get more sales, filling your sales pipeline. He's got all sorts of other experience and kudos. He's an author. But mostly he's gonna help you fill your sales pipeline and sell more customers. I love it. David, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Well said. I appreciate it. So, David, you know, high level, because we, we got listeners that are across the entire spectrum in terms of the maturity curve on SDR, sales engagement, BDR. Can you just talk about SDR, BDR? What's the difference? How it works? Give us, give us the high level.
1: Yeah, I mean, really high level it kind of goes back even before but salesforce.com is really the where it started in this current iteration so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: essentially what they did was they were selling a software as a service uh subscription and they broke out the sales uh you know job into three major parts the uh, front end prospecting following up on inbound leads etc the closing role and then the, the customer success to make sure that you never uh, cancel your subscription. And so they had a lot of success with the, the that front end process and really focusing on that and leveraging their technology obviously to um, make it successful. And then a book came out that documented that process called predictable revenue. And so anybody that's been around for a while yeah. probably remembers that, right? And it documented the success that Salesforce had and uh, essentially, you know, they they're called different things, but but the sales development rep is usually the the ones doing the inbound lead qualification and making sure that they're following up on anything marketing generated, and then business development rep, the BDR, is purely outbound. You know, cold mm-hmm. calling, cold emailing, all that, all the uh, that activity, um, and you know, some companies obviously blend the two. You know, depending on on the size of the company.
0: Yeah, but some some companies call the SDR the outbound rep and the BDR the inbound rep. Why why do we have
1: this? (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, And and we've been talking about that for years. And there there it came out for a while that they just had XDR. You know, and then you could put in is it lead development rep, is it business development rep, sales development rep. So you always kind of have to ask what their main job is and not necessarily take it by the title um the other quick thing is um a friend of mine is has actually started a, a wiki glossary where where you know he's crowdsourcing uh, a standardized you know definition of all these things and uh-huh. um and and then locking it and going this is going to be what we're going to call him from now on so i <laughs> it should be interesting to see how that that comes out
0: i love it well david Look for my money. You are the authority on this subject. So are, are you here today to declare that BDR shall now and forever be outbound only? Can you say that? Yes, I
1: I, I will say that, and um, you know everyone could disagree with me forever, but let's go ahead and call it that.
0: Let's go ahead. I, we're making <laughs> we're making news here on the podcast. It's been so declared. If your SDRs are doing outbound, change them asap. Um, so let's let's dive deep on the BDR. Um, again, newly newly named, now minted, never to be changed. Um, let's dive deep in the BDR. Can you tell us, in general, what's what should the BDR day look like?
1: Yeah, and and uh, we're talking outbound, right? The, the cold callers.
0: Oh, dude, you said it. Now it's definitely outbound. Are you kidding? We're talking outbound. Now everybody's going to be talking outbound. Tell us what the BDR does when they come to work in today's in in 2023
1: yeah wow i mean it's that's a good question it's because it's changed a lot i mean even in the last couple years right the Mm -hmm. the work that you guys were doing um so so a day in the life is they spend a lot of their time in a sales engagement platform which is like your 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 outreach or your sales loft and all the other different ones and essentially Mm -hmm. Um, they're kind of morphing into uh, the the one stop shop for outbound. And in there, you've got your emails, you've got your phone calls, you've got your um, social touches, your video messages, you know, all the different messages that you're putting out every day. And it's organized by where you are in the uh, sequence of touches on the prospect. And so um, day in the life is that first things first, you go into your sales engagement platform and you see your task list basically Uh of of where you are and what you should be doing for clearing out that list of activities that are up on the queue. And then at some point that runs out and you've got to go out and start finding new prospects to reach out to And, and that's when it comes into more of the afternoon research section of, you know, finding the right people, finding their contact information and putting it into the sales engagement platform and starting
0: to reach out. All right. So if you're, if you're starting a BDR team, you get your sales engagement platform. And in in general, the BDR is coming in there. They're doing some combination of emailing, social touches, phone calls, video messaging, and and the like um, let me ask you in, in terms of those channels right now what what do you seeing it's got a green arrow going up in terms of effectiveness and which has a, a red arrow going down in terms of effectiveness channel by channel
1: yeah I mean and not to give you a consulty type answer but it, it really depends on the market that you're calling out uh-huh. to okay. and doing some experimentation um, and and that's that's something we talk about a lot there there's not a lot of you know, regular project managed experimentation that happens in, in the BDR outbound world. They just kind of go from thing to thing without thinking mm-hmm. about, is this working or not? And and so you, you, you'll you have like a top-down approach from the VP of sales who is like, just make cold calls. I just want you to make, you know, a hundred cold calls every day. And we know that some percentage of those will convert. Yeah. And the S, the BDR is like, I've been doing this and I'm not getting any results. Well, you know, it, it could be that your particular market doesn't answer cold calls and you you should actually be spending more time writing emails and then following up on social channels, as, a, as an example. Um, so, you know, I would say that the short answer to that is um, know your market and how they uh, tend to communicate. And then index on that as much as possible and run experiments to see what's working and what's not, um, you know, and and you got to figure it out for yourself.
0: I love that. I think that is a very, it is a little bit of a consulting answer, which we don't love, but I, it also is right. It has the convenient uh, quality of also being correct in that you really need to think about who is the recipient and are they more likely to respond via a particular channel? It makes a lot of sense
1: yeah and you know and i i say this a lot but a lot of where sales development comes down to is is project management being really a really good project manager it's probably the most boring topic on earth it doesn't get a lot of clicks and stuff like that but you know setting up an experimental process to see what your market really reacts to in the best way and, and really tracking that project and reporting back on it and, and you know, changing up your uh, approach based on what you're learning. I mean, that's, that's hard um, and it takes time and you got to really stay on top of things. It's much easier to kind of bounce around to the next silver bullet or the next tool and stuff like that to try to fix things.
0: Oh, we're going to go to the next silver bullet because, boy, do I have a few. Um, we're very <laughs> okay. lucky for our audience at Total Silver Bullets. But let me let me stay linear here. So we talked about what the BDR is. You've coined the, yeah. na- the name. The debate has been ended. Um, we made some news. And we talked about what the date looks like. You come in. You're doing some combination of email, social touch. Maybe there's some gifting in there even. Many different vehicles. You figure out which vehicle to overindex on based on your market. Some recipients may respond better to, to one or the other or inevitably will and you want to track that um okay so let's talk expectations and I know you're gonna say it depends so I'm gonna ask this question in a way where you can't can I have a range of appointments scheduled and meetings held for a BDR give me a range in a month
1: oh yeah y- you know okay let me you're gonna have to hire me for six months and then I'll go oh you- no I'm just oh, kidding no.
0: this is a very expensive 800 number
1: on your screen oh my lord Uh, sorry no so yes definitely i mean so and i would look at it this way enterprise it's going to be a smaller number uh mid-market is going to be larger and then at smb you should be able to get more um so enterprise let's say uh you should be able to set up at least one to two meetings a week and um and and have at least one of those hold. Um, I mean, you know, that's kind of the minimum that I would look for an enterprise mid market. It could go up to eight um, and four, perhaps, and then um, small business sixteen and eight. Um, you know, just depending on what the what the cost is of the
0: product that you're selling. Interesting. So you think SMB you can in, in a in a month you can hold thirty two? Like that's a reasonable expectation
1: i think so i mean i i you know and i'm not gonna say it but but there's a lot that goes into that right how yeah. how well is your brand known um do you have any marketing are you just relying on inbound leads is 100 outbound and stuff like that but yeah that i mean you know i I'm would gonna, like that as a
0: small business you know i'm gonna make a bold statement i think one of the biggest hindrances to the entire BDR community is the expectations are totally wrong, are totally wrong. We've got SDRs here, David, who will set 300 meetings a month, 300. And we've got many of them. And I'm sitting here looking at my producer, she knows this. And I think that, and and prior to me being in this business, I was in a different business and I I read all the research and all the research said, you know, exactly the numbers you said. And I'm I am convinced that this industry is plagued by the uh, what's the the anti gift the anti gift of low expectations. I think if you told people that an actual expectation is they should hold 150 meetings a month, they'd be shocked by what they get. Tell me, I'm crazy. Mm.
1: No, I <laughs> I say go for it. I mean and. I mean, probably looking at things from a different perspective, because usually people call 10-bound when there's something wrong with their yeah. SDR program, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get it back on track. Like the manager left, or there's been no manager, they just hired a bunch of SDRs, and it's not working, um, and stuff like that. So um, if, I, if I went in and was like, you should add a zero to the
0: number? <laughs> Isn't that what consulting is? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I should try it. I, I don't know, or I'll just send them to you and, and you guys can do that. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, I, that's an interesting point. Uh, oh my gosh. And, and let's, and I said we were going to talk about tools and silver bullets and and some of that I must say is the advent of some of these new dialing tools. I mean, I'll I'll shout out Orem as one, I mean, yeah as we move sort of from expectations to technology. I mean, these dollars are making a difference, right?
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the, and that's a perfect example. Like, um, one time, I, I, I don't know if I uh, started working there, or I just went to a um, an interview, but I went into um, Trulia, um, which, which like, like 15 years ago, and yeah. Trulia was the real estate um, software. They, their job was basically to call every licensed realtor in the United States. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. huge TAM, tons of people, and they right. all answer their phone. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like you plug in Aurum or Connect and Sell or any any of those you know super dialers. You're gonna crush it with that, right? Um, it, hopefully, you never. Yeah it's always a silver bullet but and then on the flip side i did a, a couple of years in the cybersecurity business oh yeah and um you know no offense to those guys but their their whole job is to like air gap against the the outside world and be in a little tiny you know black box where nobody could reach them you know yeah um that was different you know i mean and i think we experimented with power dialers and everything. And um, I don't remember it making a huge difference mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so yeah, again, it really just depends on your market. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, and and we're, we're, we keep coming back to this, but I, I will say just on the dialer side, I mean, relative to even three years ago, I mean, really, these have been popularized over the last week, like three years, give or take, just, yeah, it's it's nuts. The amount of reach, I mean, provided your prospects pick up their phone and some don't, to your point, like you just said, uh, cybersecurity could be more challenging, especially upmarket cybersecurity. But boy, I mean it's just it it is, it can be silver bullety for some companies. Anyway,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean if your market reacts to that and you can have more conversations. I mean that's what we're all trying to do, right? Is, yeah. is be able to talk to somebody, I mean, first of all, and and even better. A prioritized you know account and the right person at that account oh my god you know that's that's the dream and then hopefully the sdrs or the bdrs know what to say they've been trained they've been coached and they can have a decent conversation um that's that's the 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 standard you know yeah um, and the the other quick thing jeff is um there's there's uh, uh the data Is is like the lifeblood, and I don't know if you wanted to talk about this, but but Um, having having vetted you know data that even has been re cleaned before it's put into the dialer, and you've got a better um, directional uh, target on having good phone numbers that are actually attached to good names, uh, you 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 could be gold in there.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk about this because again we're going on a journey here. The other David, first we named. The term. And then we talked about if you're going to start in a BDR team, here's what they need to do every day. They got to be in a sales engagement platform. Maybe there's a power dialer. Here's how many meetings they should be scheduled. You said they should be scheduled in 32. I said it should be 160. You know, minor gap there, but neither here nor there. Um, now I'm curious as we, <laughs> as we, as we roll into to this subject of data. Any, any, I'm sure you'd agree. Any direct marketing campaign data is at the heart of it. How do you get the, in this day and age, how do you get the best data? What do you recommend?
1: Yeah, I mean, so there's the, the three or four big players that are in the mm-hmm. SDR data space. I think yeah. that's a good place to start. Um, what I don't see a lot So, of-
0: So hang on. So just, just to be clear for the audience, you're talking about Zoom Info, You're talking about Seamless. You're talking about Apollo. Are you talking about, am I missing any any other
1: yeah. players lead iq is a lead iq great, you know yeah. for for certain workflows Yeah, um, and and you know so those are great and you look at that like i always equate it to water um and you you have sort of a a glass of water that's sort of tinged and maybe a little bit muddy at that point Mm-hmm. And it's it's it, it needs like one more filtration before it can actually be drinkable, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of companies that's they use the SDRs to essentially figure out whether the data is good or not. Yeah, um, and um, you know over the years I've seen an adding a layer of. You know, cleaning to the data before it goes into the dialer or gets in front of the SDRs, um and and actually, a friend of mine. This isn't an endorsement or anything, but a friend. This is of not my, a
0: plug. This is okay, not, this is not, not a, plug. a plug. This is just a personal friend of David. But it should be noted, David has a lot of friends in this industry. This <laughs> could be a good friend. All right, there's your. I'm not back. an
1: investor. I, I I wish I was. Um, oh. He 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 created this thing called phone ready leads, and. um it's essentially exactly what it sounds like. He he took the we we have a the 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 10 bound I probably got it from him, but we got the 10 bound uh lead quality cleansing process, which is just a, a slide with a bunch of boxes on it. Yeah. And and he essentially has like automated this into a company where they take the, the major player data, phone numbers, and, yeah. and they make sure that they actually connect before they put them into the list that they then give to you. And it's just the, having that extra layer is um, it's more efficient.
0: You know, it's interesting, the metaphor of of water and dirty water, and then you have to cleanse it. And there's different ways to do it, to your point. I think what conventional wisdom or what the conventional industry workflow is, is you rip data out and then either it goes one or two paths, either the SDRs cleanse it. Manually, which is good for accuracy, bad for efficiency, right? Or you put it through a cleansing tool. Um, maybe in the weeds, maybe wonky, might even get cut. But can you talk for a second just about the the cleansing tool experience and whether or not it works?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so it's just putting another another layer. And and you know, this is this is uh, say you've got like four SDRs on the team. I've seen I've seen companies actually just put someone in charge of the data to make sure that that they're going through and making sure that it's vetted before it gets to the SDRs. And, and you know, it just depends where you are in the in the, as far as how big is your team and how often this becomes a problem. But if you think about it, you want the SDRs to be connecting and having conversations and not necessarily sitting there all day. Dialing bad phone numbers and getting fax machines and stuff like that. Not that anybody knows what that is, but
0: oh um, man, you so, lost it, David. Our listenership just went <laughs> down by like eighty percent on your fax machine. Right
1: you got to Google yeah. fax machine. That's
0: right. So, but yeah. But,
1: long story short is it's it's taking the the data like one of the one of the vendors that you mentioned. You get a lot of feedback that their phone numbers are not very good. Yeah. Um. I won't say which one.
0: But um having somebody go through I'll say and, it and you thumbs okay. up or thumbs down right. No, I'm kidding. Go on.
1: <laughs> having somebody go through and validate the phone numbers and make sure that they're good and give them a check, a check box um in the in your sales engagement platform that says this is vetted and good. Like I called this within the last week and somebody answered. Um go for it, you know.
0: I I as I look into my crystal ball of the future, um I see a world where you're not going to be able to compete in this game unless you have not good data, not great data, but perfect data. And I've been saying that for a long time. You agree with that?
1: I agree. I agree. And and even, you know, uh, we will probably be talking about this, but with the rise of the AI and the applicability of all the AI out there, um, I think it's a double edged sword in that we'll be able to do more Um, in an automated way, but at the same time, it'll be more competitive, because everybody's using AI to test their data and make it better. Um, So, so someday it won't just be some person who has to go through things, uh, you know, check by check and do it, um, but it it creates a competitive environment.
0: Yeah, it does. Try not to like derail every single conversation with the rise of AI, but let's talk about it for just a second since you brought it up. Um, how close are we to AI making true cold calls for us?
1: Outbound? Yeah, because yeah, I thought outbound. Outbound. if you, yeah, if you BDR, ask me about the, the SDR, yeah, yeah I would say, you know, that the days are numbered there on, on the inbound side. Outbound, I think it's probably gonna be a little little bit longer. Yeah. Um, to be completely replaced. Um, you know the, but you can see it coming in from the periphery with um, especially with deep fakes and oh, yeah. um, and the ability to write like what Reggie does what, to, to write emails, you know um, appropriate to an individual automatically. Um, you know you take a voice, you take a deep fake and you take it that ca- kind of capacity, someone is going to mash them together to the point where you can actually make an effective cold caller
0: just i wish someone would deep fake me a because it would be flattering but, but in a good way not nefarious and b okay. so it could like call people i'm sort of close to on their birthdays that is what i want the deep fake for i want it to like call my aunt <laughs> not that i don't love her but if i could deep fake call my aunt she would never know all of our text threads are happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday and if someone could deep fake call my cousin huge victory for me on the deep I mean any right yeah it's coming i mean and not to go sideways
1: but um it's kind of scary in that if you have elderly parents or yeah. you know family members like yeah. i think there's a big soft spot right now of, of a deep fake calling up and going i'm in jail you know you yeah. got to send me send me some money um so it's just for every benefit that comes out it seems like we got to look at the flip side and go holy crap you know Um, yeah
0: yeah that that would be bad and you took it negative but on the other hand i don't want to have to call my cousin found out that (laughs) is a huge win so you got to take the good maybe they could i mean there's there's very deep fake community maybe well i'm sure many many followers in the deep fake community please They'll they help me you up. My yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I do have
1: to say, there's not I mean, there's there's a few out there. Um, but there's not a lot of people that love making cold calls like that's their whole, the favorite thing that they have to do every day, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and if, if you're one of those people that love it, I'd love to talk to you because it's a skill that is in demand. And it's, it's a really hard thing to do. But I think a lot of people if they could figure out how to make an ai cold caller um they would be down for it um and uh you know take that one job off their plate
0: you know what it's it's it, we do have people here so you know we we run a big agency and we got hundreds of people on the phones we've got people here that love it i think they they really do and it's and it's their gift you know we found people where it's their gift and if it's your near sphere of genius and celebrated right and career path right i think it can be I think it can be a love love thing i mean there is nothing better than getting a great sales point i have not found any. it's like that's a bad that, yeah. yeah like making a game winning shot in an important yeah. sporting event or putting on the best performance of your life in a play like it's up there with those things
1: um, i mean you guys you know and just a plug if if you've got people that are long term they're doing it they're enjoying it and and you're having results for your clients You've done something that is really special with in the, in the agency world, um, and um, kudos, you know, to create a a process and an atmosphere like that that lets people shine. Um, because you know, as you know, um, there's a lot of companies out there that just they look at it like a churn and burn position as entry level and you know and um, stuff like that where and people are not not as happy
0: so. So so we've got the BDRs. We got them set up. They're not deep faking. They're real calling. They're real emailing. They got the best possible data. who who who's the right person to manage this this bunch and and what should that manager do and and not do? Your BDR manager. Tell us about this person.
1: Oh man, okay. So that that's a really good question. So so the main thing that that I see happen in that world is that someone's uh, been a BDR for a while and they really want to become a manager. And the first thing they do is like, oh, I never have to you know make another cold call again, or I never have to write another cold email again. Thank God, you know, I can right. sit here right. and refresh this dashboard and like drive people crazy. And it's 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 not like that at all. Um, it, it really the the team is looking at you to be the most successful cold caller and cold emailer and meeting setter. um, And so that they can feel like you're somebody who is demonstrating the right behavior and attitude and ability that they want to aspire to. And you, you can imagine like if you went out on a sales call with a sales manager who was just like a horrible at selling, um, you know, your trust and and uh, respect would go down pretty quick, and and you see that a lot in the in the BDR world. Um, so it's just really important to to you have to be able to demonstrate what you're teaching to people, and then be able to train and coach them um, versus the
0: ivory tower type of mentality. All right. So BDRs should have meeting quotas. Breaking news.
1: The the manager.
0: Yeah, the manager. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, maybe, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a quota, but but um it's it's gotta be leading by example for the team and and showing them that it can be done. Um, because they're usually and and you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts, but usually what I see is their quota is the whole team, like six people and the number of meetings. So, you know, if they're coming up short or their pipeline's not big enough, then yeah, dude, the manager better bring it home
0: you know I I don't love that and I'll tell you why um because if they have the team quota then they're going to kick it into high gear late month that's a late month reactive measure what I what I recommend and see work best in our world and again this is our world but I would equate it to any world I think I think the sales the BDR leader has to have core, absolutely has to have a core, and hundred percent needs to be calling ideally calling early in the day get people started, get people moving. Like in, in my ideal BDR manager playbook, it's, we get in, we fire up the team, we get everybody going in our morning huddle, boom, BDR sets the first couple appointments, or BDR manager sets the first couple appointments of the day, gets the momentum going and sort of rolls through their day, does the admin stuff, does the meetings, does the one-on-ones, make sure everything's cooking, and then maybe sets one or two at the end of the day. That's, that's where I come down on it. Uh,
1: you know, I, that's a great process and, and it prevents that, uh, Hail Mary. It's like you get into that Hail Mary thing. It's yeah. like we need two more meetings and it's on the 31st, or we're not going to make our number. Um, so you know, and and in the agency world, um, I, I think that's a great way to do it.
0: Yep. Um, all right. So we got the we got the manager, we know what they're doing. You know, there's people love contests and nobody loves contests, I would argue, like the BDR world. The BDR world <laughs> loves contest. Curious. Have you seen anything good? What do you What do you like? And what are the new in vogue prizes that BDRs won? This is what people care about, David. <laughs> this is what they need. Right. Um,
1: you know, I, I, it's interesting. A couple of things that come to mind is um, the experiences that they can get. Not necessarily, there's always the the cash and the gift cards and you know the the trophy and stuff like that, which is great. The
0: AirPods. Don't forget the AirPods. You gotta, no dude, you gotta
1: have the AirPods. I mean right?
0: the BDR community is responsible for like five percent of Apple's market cap on AirPods. It's I
1: want those. The big ones, the 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 over ear ones too, man. I mean, the, that could be like a monthly one. So you gotta keep those going. Um, but I also see um experiences and there's there's a, a company. Um, i think it's called blueboard um that mm-hmm. essentially it's a it's a sales contest or employee reward contest um fulfillment where they actually get experiences so they can go out and zip line and you know bungee jump and do all this cool stuff but, because after a while you know how many ear pods can you actually get if you're the top thing but you but you but you can rack up all these experiences um the the other one that's really i mean if it's possible is um promotion like micro promotions throughout the organization yeah and and um you know even if it's just going from bdr 1 to 2 and getting a small bump and like an extra couple hours a week of training or something like that um and being able to set that up so it's like over the course of a 24 month period you could potentially get promoted you know two or three times um and you know that's super motivational for people that are high achievers and they want to keep going um they like to see that progression
0: without question i if, if if i was writing a book on on bdrs and how to get a bdr to to stay and to perform at a high level that's chapter one to me. Is these these mm-hmm. micro promotions or progressions or whatever you call them? I just think they're they're awesome. Um, yeah. But what about contests, though? Not just hey, who gets the most meetings? Have you seen anything mm-hmm. good? Short term motivational.
1: Oh man, I mean, well, activity um, is always one. And you know, if you guys are hooked up to a dialer and you're already making a thousand calls every day, yeah, um, that that one that one probably won't work. But I mean, you know, it's definitely. Um, everything's downstream from doing more activity and and doing the right activity. So, you know, we were just running one with one of the clients where um, we just wanted to see who could do the most per day, um, and and uh, literally from an activity perspective, who could make the most calls, and that, that was as simple as that. And it was actually really fun because they they were more of an email shop and they hadn't done a lot of call experimentation yeah. and um we got people on the phone you know
0: it's awesome um yeah. speaking of you know i'm curious as you're as you're managing folks often you're being managed to uh activity and that activity creates meetings scheduled but not necessarily meetings held so i'm i'm curious any good tips for the audience on how to get meeting to how to get a meeting to hold
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm more obsessive about it than I probably most people, um, because especially on outbound, um, you, you might have just been like a blip on the radar screen of the prospect and they forgot about you, you know, minutes yeah. before. So try to set the meeting for later in that same day or the next day. Um, to okay. Get early, same
0: day or next day, really important.
1: Same day or next day, and then uh, obsessive follow up, and and not not like being a stalker or anything, but literally reminding them about the meeting every day with the agenda until the actual meeting takes place. Um, and so, just the, that little, you know, you get those reminders from Chili Piper and the automated calendar things. Yeah. But one of those every day leading up, even if it's like five or six days out, saying. We're meeting on Thursday. Here's the agenda. Here's who's going to be there, and here's what we want to talk about. And just pinging them, um, you know, because the the one it's something I see all the time is there's no follow up um, between setting the meeting and actually sitting down with the person. So like five days will go by. The the executive will just pull up the meeting and go, I don't even know what this is for. Decline it. Um, and the BDR is going. Hey, what i didn't even what you know gifts. what gifts what gifts right so i'm a little bit more obsessive about it than i think most people
0: well i am totally obsessive about it so we are two peas in a pod there and i think <laughs> as i as i think about a couple of things that plague this world number one is the gift of low expectations which we explored yeah. and the second is that when when revenue leaders are doing projections they do not include no shows And I think that is a huge, and I've seen it time and time again, you go, oh, so-and-so can schedule 30 meetings, and that'll be great, and 30 meetings, will convert this many proposals. It's like, wait a minute, 30 meetings could result in 15 meetings or 12 meetings, or if you're an enterprise SDR, and at some companies, your expectation is two meetings a month. I don't know what the hell you do with the rest of your time, but you get two meetings a month, and two of them don't show, uh, you know what I'm talking about, David. You know what I mean. (laughs)
1: Totally.
0: Yeah. That's a really good
1: point, and and I think um, just you know like a sales leader who you would talk to who who would hire um, an your agency um, they might may, may never have been an SDR or a BDR um, that, you know and they came up as a Renaissance rep doing everything um, to a sales manager which is a completely different job now they're managing a bunch of directors and they've got this huge number over their head. Um, so I think it's a lot of education like that. In in that, um, you know, they 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 might not really know what it takes these days in twenty twenty three to get a meeting and and to get people to show up. It's it's it's, it's a different world. It's a
0: miracle people take meetings from you know, bro. I always say that. I mean, it's not that it's impossible, but yeah, Lee. I mean, seven years ago, eight years ago, getting a meeting was nothing. People were happy to take your meeting. They'd never been called. They'd never been emailed. They'd never been hit on LinkedIn. Now it's like, it is, you're right, it's different. World. Um, and speaking <laughs> of which, given the degree of difficulty, our BDRs need to be compensated correctly, compensated fairly. Number one, I'm curious, what do you hold BDRs accountable to? Is it meetings held? Is it proposal? Is it SQO, SAO? And then uh, how much, and how that structure look?
1: Um, how much do you pay them?
0: Yeah, 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 that was a three-part. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and so and so. Think of it this way: you have to have a meeting to get pipeline, and you have to have pipeline in order to get revenue. So those are really the the main metrics that I look at, and and mm-hmm. and are most important. And um, you can always back re- reverse engineer how many activities and everything that they're doing in order to get the meetings. But but nobody really wants to talk about the the activities, whether you do five thousand activities or ten activities. They just want to talk about: Did you get the meeting? Was it the right yeah. person? Did it did it hold? And is there any pipeline you know created from the meeting? And then you know to your point, how's the pipeline converting to revenue? And I think without getting too far away from what's in the control of the BDR, it's um, meetings set, meetings held, and then even pipeline um, created, you know, through the meetings that they actually held, I think that those those three, you can pay them on. Um, Going further away, if if the pipeline converts, and it actually creates a sale, um, I look at that more of a bonus, um, you know, especially over a certain level, if it makes sense financially for the company, um because you want them you know to have that longer term vision of what their activities are actually leading to um but it can get a bit wonky if they have really no control over that
0: um so yeah um i couldn't agree more i think that is exactly right i think where people go wrong is uh they do meetings set or they do meetings held or they do pipeline and they don't do all three and so it's how do you how do you make that happen? Um let's yeah. talk about uh let's talk about compensation. Let's talk about uh base salaries, bonuses. What are you seeing across the country?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's still inflated on the coast. It's been a weird last six months or so in the tech industry, you know. I mean the the first part of the year, um the, the everybody was laying off, you know, half of their SDR team and it, it got pretty dark there for a while. And I haven't heard that as much. Um, But um, on the coast, you're looking at like, a probably 65 base to 85 on target earnings. And then in the interior part of the country, um, you know, it could be 45 to 65, um, you know, just really depending on on the company. And, um, and then, you know, it's like that 65-35 split on a base and and commission based on the meetings and the pipeline.
0: Yeah. I love that you say the interior part of the country as opposed to flyover. That's that's sometimes (laughs) what I get. You know, we love the interior flyover is a little offensive to the people in San Louis. So uh, no, I hear you. Um, All
1: right. I mean, dude, we're all moving out there. (laughs) You're all
0: coming. You're coming here. Go back where we're you're were.
1: ruining your states.
0: I know. Um, the air but, was so clean. The stars were so bright. And here you are. I know.
1: I'm sorry. On behalf of my state. Um, but you know, it, it's um it, it's uh you can you could probably buy a house and, and make a decent living on an SDR or BDR salary, uh, versus out here it's like you can maybe rent a closet. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Totally. Um, all right. So if you're gonna if you're gonna spin up a BDR team, ladies and gentlemen, he just gave you the keys. He just told you all the secrets. So you go off and enjoy and uh, sell, sell, sell. But but let's say, David, you didn't want to do it internally. Yeah, obviously, you know, full disclosure. I have a vested interest. I'm totally biased. What do you think about outsourcing? <laughs> I think
1: it's good. I it's a it's a good um, option. If you, you know, say you're you're an engineer and you have a product that you want to bring to market and you've never sold anything really. Yeah. And, um, you're you're trying to you're trying to, you know, you have to do the initial sales yourself and, and get your friends and family to get involved. But at some point you're gonna need meetings um and you're gonna need new pipeline opportunities. And um you you at that point have like two routes. Um you can build it yourself, or you can use an expert agency. And, um, and and in some cases, people do both, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and they cross pollinate um, the ideas. uh, But um, it's, you know, if an agency uh, does this for a living, do or die, working with clients every day, and if they can't deliver, then um they're not gonna be around very long so you know it it can shave off time and learning and and really help people to get get that part going
0: that is the thing with the agency and i'm just going to take my agency hat off and just be try to be objective you know the thing with agencies is the barrier to entry to being an agency is like having a computer and saying you're an agency on linkedin that's it yeah um but truly, if you're vetting agencies, like those that have gotten to scale, it's hard, it's hard to get to scale in any business. But gosh, in this business, it's customers in and out if you're not doing well. I mean, customers getting to scale as an agency, real scale, is like almost a you It's like a stamp of approval almost, because so many are so small and can't do it. I completely agree.
1: And um, you know. With, with companies that are thinking about getting involved with it, um, you know, the more the more involvement that you can have with the agency to help them. Um, yeah. It's not just a, um, I'm going to hire you, I'll pay the bill, you guys just take care of everything, you know, which, which I, I've seen, that's sort of a recipe for disappointment. Um, you really got to get in there, meet once a week, find out what's working, what's not what are people saying, you know, what's the feedback, does phone work better than email, et cetera, et cetera, and like really work with them. Um, and you can have a, a, I mean, I know there's some companies that have been working with their agency for like five years um, and they're almost just like a an extension of their SDR team and it's great. Um. So, you, but you gotta do the work. You gotta do
0: the work. All right, okay. we've said it all, you've heard it all, as I told you in the intro, David is going to instantly give you the tips to fill your sales pipeline. David, you have not disappointed, my friend. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, anytime. I, I love talking about this and, you know, it's it's really hard what we do and uh, and any, any
0: advice that you can get is great. Awesome. And for more advice, David, where do we go? Tell us, where can we find you?
1: Yeah, you know, just jumping on the newsletter at TenBound, um, T-E-N-B-O-U-N-D.com. We put out research reports and podcasts, and and we're doing conferences uh, on this very subject um, quarterly. So it's a great place to keep up.
0: Get in touch with David. Get on the newsletter. Gems for 45 minutes. Flew by. Gems for 45 minutes. I'm looking at my producer. She's nodding her head. Absolute gems. David, you and me. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. The Grow Show is sponsored by Abstract Talent Solutions, recruiting for the modern world.